34, if you have your Bible, go to Psalms 34. Psalms 34, verse 1. Go on to the center of verse 8. I'm going to read verse 8. It says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Father, thank you tonight, God, for your presence that's in this place. Devil, you're a liar. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come right now with authority from heaven. Lord, I pray that you would just move tonight. God, speak to us. Stir us up, oh God. That our faith will rise up, oh God. We come against every line, every attack. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. I want you to see today, if I can, that, uh, like I said, there's, there's, there's many challenges in life. There's a lot of things out there. But David throws a heavy challenge. David lays out a heavy challenge. You, you're finding out tonight, now in, in the church today that, that people are, are taking all these other challenges, a 30-day challenge for this, a 30-60-day challenge for that, a 90-day challenge for that. But where is the challenge to holiness? Come on, somebody. Where is the challenge to godliness, to commitment, to faithfulness? Where is the true challenge to get your life spiritually equipped and trained? Where is that challenge that you, we take? Come and say, take take to to progress growth to progress change church david sets out something heavy here in this psalms david is laying something very heavy and very profound david challenges everyone to try god church he says a very simple very plain he says oh taste and see that the lord is what good he's saying that that it, god is good somebody say god is good Amen. He's laying out this challenge for us to try God. Try God. Try, try, try this. Amen. Instead of trying all this weird stuff in the world, try God. Someone say, try God. Try God. Let, let God. Let God touch you. Let God give you peace. Let God take away the fears. Come on, somebody. Let God do, amen, inside you that needs to be done. And so this is a challenge that you and I need to accept. Look at verse 1, it's chapter 34, verse 1, verse, uh, chapter 34, verse 1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continue in being in my mouth. My soul shall make it boast in the Lord. He, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his, whole, exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Wow. And deliver me from all my fears. They took, they looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out. And the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all the troubles. The angels of the Lord encamped all around those who fear him. And delivered them. Look at verse 8 again. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a great clap offering. Amen. Wow. You know, I believe the reason why David throws out this challenge, I believe why he lays out this challenge is because there is something to benefit from this challenge. In the ice challenge, there's nothing to benefit but getting cold, ammonia, getting sick. <laughs> nothing to challenge from the cinnamon challenge but getting choking up and almost dying. People getting all jacked up. Nothing like the chip challenge, the hottest chip people are getting in. Something, someone almost died already. People can't even take it. I mean, all this craziness going on. 
This challenge benefits. This challenge brings benefit to us physically and spiritually. One of the things that, that he lays out in verse 4 of church that I want you to see and why he wants us to try God and why, why is this the true challenge I believe and why it brings benefits. In verse 4, listen carefully, he says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Listen carefully. And deliver me from all my fears. Come on, somebody. He delivered me from all my fears. The NIV says this, the Lord had delivered me from his fears. Wow. Church, the Lord delivered him from his fears. And how many know God is a God that delivers? God is a God that delivers. Come on, somebody. God's a God that delivers. And God said, I'll bring deliverance to him as much as I'll bring deliverance to you. When, when, when afraid, David prayed, church. When David was afraid, he prayed. This is the thing that we need to understand. When fear tries to come upon us, we have to learn to pray. Someone say pray. We have to learn to pray. Pray is a communication with God. It allows us to communicate with God. It allows ourselves to pour out ourselves to the Lord. And I'm telling you that when you pour out to God, it's, come on, when you pour out to God, I'm telling you, when you pour out to God, you're letting go all the weights that you have. Some of us, we pour into the wrong things and, and we pour into the wrong things and we get the wrong feedback. God is saying, pour out to me. David, David prayed and when, when he prayed, answered prayers and made David a praising person. His prayers got answered, church. His prayers got answered. How many know when your prayers get answered, amen, it's something to praise God about. Come on, somebody. It's something to praise God about. That's why, if you notice, we have prayer and we have praise on those papers. But if you ain't putting in prayers, don't expect the praise. But if you're praying, church, and expect the praise. Come on, somebody. Amen. Accept the praise report. I tell people all the time, how foolish can we be if we, we are not praying and expecting something to change? It's like saying, I need gas, and not putting gas in your car and expecting it to continue running. You can wish all you want for that to happen. It ain't going to happen. You need to put some gas in it. It's like, it's like a, a going down to a field and looking at a field and here's the whole field and, and you said, I'm going to have a, a apple trees there but never plant apple trees. How foolish is that? And it's the same way with us. We're expecting something to change without prayer. Prayer changes things. Come on, somebody. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes situations. David knew that. David knew that, so David prayed, David sought the Lord, David gave his life to God, he, 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 he took that challenge, he says, God, I'm going to taste and see how good you are. And when he tasted, he's seen that God is good. Some say God is good. David had many reasons to fear, guys. He had many reasons to fear. David had so many things to fear. Listen carefully, in 1 Samuel 17, 39 through 58, he faced the mighty Goliath. One of the reasons why he had to fear, he faced Goliath. And how many know you're going to face things in your life? You're going to face things that are bigger than you. You're going to face things sometimes that don't make sense. That big old Goliath was right there. And all he was doing, he was defying the army of Israel. He was speaking death and speaking death and speaking death. Sometimes the things that you fear will always speak death to you. But God is trying to cause you to become greater than that fear. Come on, somebody. God is trying to call you to stand, believe, and to trust God regardless of what's taking place. Don't you allow that Goliath to mess you up. 
Don't allow that Goliath to speak death into you. He can talk all he wants, but you have to learn to, to incline yourself before God and grab a hold of God and say, God, I'm grabbing a hold of you regardless of what, regardless of what's taking place. I'm not giving in. See, David, David, David could have gave in to his fear, to the fear of Goliath. See, Goliath might not just be a man. Goliath sometimes is an obstacle that's pretty intense. I've been faced with some obstacles that were pretty intense in my life. I was faced with some obstacles that didn't make sense. And those obstacles are sometimes, they're there and they're just right, right in your face. Goliath was right in his face. Goliath was in the face of Israel. Right up in his face and just telling him, you know what, you guys are nothing. You guys are nobody. The king... Saul was encamped in his own camp, afraid to come out and face Goliath himself. The whole army was sitting down or, or prostrated, in, and not in a fighting position, but in a fearful position. And so here comes this young boy who comes and faces Goliath. Faces Goliath. So regardless of how old you are, how young you are, all of us are going to face Goliath. But my, my thing to you, are you going to run or are you going to fight? Come on, somebody. Are you going to run or are you going to fight? Come on, David chose to fight. David said, I, 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 I'm going to fight here. I'm going to believe here and I'm going to trust here. See, that's one of the reasons that he could This is why David had a lot of reasons why the fear was on him. When he was talking here in the Psalms. Listen to this church. David is a good example for us. All, listen carefully, the peace be still of Jesus calms fears bigger than you and I. See, because he knew who God was. The Bible says that, that David, David was after God's own heart. You with me so far? And because he had a connection to God and he knew who God was, he knew that God was going to be there for him. And when we know that God is going to be there for regardless of what's happened, regardless of how it looks, regardless of how it seems, we will learn to prostrate ourselves before God, stand strong, trust him, and says, God, I know you can get me through this. That's why he says, very I sought the Lord, and he heard me. Wow, church. That, that, that's what you need to understand, that God is bigger than our fears. God is bigger than our fears, man. What blows my mind is, look, look, look at verse, Psalms 27. 27 verse 1 says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid of? Wow. You got to understand here is, is God is bigger than our fears. God is bigger than our fears. When, when fears come in, when things hit us. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people who, who've been through some heavy situations in the church and, and I can hear in their voice, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what's going on. I say, you're going to have to trust God. That's all you can do. You're going you're to have to trust God. You're going to have to trust God. What am I supposed to tell you? Go give in to your fears. Go hide in the corner. Go roll up in the ball like a ball in the corner. God can't do it. God don't love you. Amen. And so we need to understand here is that David said, you know what, God, you are bigger. You are bigger than all the fears that have been hitting me. Because they're going to hit us. But David says the true challenge, if you take this challenge and you accept Jesus Christ as your personal and Savior, if you allow yourself to taste and see how good he is, 
And when you're praying, you're going to see him show up in your time of need. Come on, somebody. He's going to show up in your time of need. He's showed up many times and, and many more times to come. I'm telling you, because why? Because when God's people learn to seek him, seek his face, then we're going to find him. Amen. David lays out something else. He says, he says, the issue why I challenge this to you is because if you, if you, he will deliver you from your fears. But also, listen here, I love what this says. The Lord had saved him out of all his troubles. Look at, look at, fears and troubles are almost in hand in hand. But sometimes you can get yourself in some big trouble. Listen carefully, listen carefully to, verse, to verse 6. Jump to verse 6. Verse 6 says this. The poor man cried out. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his what? Troubles. Wow. My God. Listen, Kevin, I want you to see that. The poor man cried and the Lord hurt him. Sometimes all we got to do is cry out to God. Amen. See, a lot of times uh, people don't understand that someone just, you just need a, you need a good cry. Some of you guys haven't cried in a long time. You just need a good, just ah, let it go. Yeah, hold it on to it. Every time God's touch it. And you just haven't, you just haven't, just, you just haven't, just ah. And some of you guys just need to just let it go. Come on, somebody. And you just got to just, just let it go, let it go. I, I remember when I first got saved, man, I, I didn't never want to cry. God would touch me and I'd be, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to release it. I didn't want to release it. And I mean, time went by, years went by. And all of a sudden, I'll never forget it. One day I was walking, coming out of the, cutting out of my, out of my room in the home end zone. And all of a sudden, man, I, the Holy Ghost just hit me so hard, man, I fell on the ground. And I just started crying. And then, <laughs> I was like that for about, about an hour right there. Couldn't even, couldn't even talk, couldn't do nothing. But when I got back up, oh, man. When I got back off that ground, man, I felt like a million dollars, man. I felt like, oh my God, I was, I was ready for another round. I was ready for another couple years. Hello, somebody. But I, 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 I got that out of me. And when I started reading the scriptures and how about, about crying, I was like, my God, he bottles up your tears. And, and he has like, my God, you're not wasting your tears. And, and some of us, we just need to learn to let it go. Some people get healed by just crying. They're getting rid of all that poison. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, all that bitterness, all that junk in us. There, there are fearful. Listen, listen to this. These are fearful but faithful building times. These are times that God is just building us, our, our faith. Building our faith. We just got to, someone say, let go. Amen. See, the thing about it, these are God opportunities, church, to cry out to God. Don't miss a God opportunity to cry out to him. Don't miss it, man. Don't miss it. Man always puts up walls, but God always tears down the walls. Come on, somebody. Man put up walls, God tears down walls. Sometimes we put these walls up and God said, no, 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 no. Those walls ain't going to do you good, man. You got these walls in the wrong place. In the wrong house. And God said, tear those walls down, amen. Because God, God's a God that tears down walls. He tore down walls of Jericho. Come on, somebody. God, God will tear our walls down, amen. But you need to understand that God will save us through our troubles. Amen. God, God is here to rescue us through our troubles. I don't know about you, but we were going straight to hell. But because salvation came and he, he saved us from trouble. 
Hell was our destiny, but through salvation, you and I were saved through the trouble of hell. Come on, somebody. I'm not, not, I'm not the only one here that got us saved. See, there's a lot of things that you and I need to understand that God rescues in the times of trouble. Hey, I'll never forget, amen, I was going through, a, going through a heavy trouble in my life when I first got saved and I had all this stuff going on me and all of a sudden the Lord showed up. And this is what I'm going to tell you. The Lord showed up and pulled me out of my trouble. And if it wasn't for him getting me out of my trouble, I wouldn't be standing here today. So I'm telling you, God, God, there's some of you that you need to understand that God will rescue you from your trouble. Amen. How many of you got yourself in a dumb trouble like tickets and stuff like that? Some they're still looking for you, Hallelujah. After being five years saved, and after five years saved, uh, I, I was trying to clear all my warrants, everything up, and I had all this trouble that I thought I had cleared up. We're about to get married, me and my wife, and all of a sudden I get pulled over by the cops, and the cops, I think I'm, I'm good. I'm like, everything's fine. But no, they, they got some tickets and turned them into felonies. And so I'm sitting there, now I got busted. I'm sitting right there. I'm sitting right there in the county jail, sitting right there in the courtroom. They want to give me nine years and, and, uh, for some traffic tickets. Traffic tickets. I got myself into some what? Trouble. I know you guys have never done that, but I got myself into some trouble. I'm doing nine years for traffic tickets, guys. So I said, oh, well, praise God. We go and say there, said, Lord, Lord, you know, maybe I'm thinking, maybe, my wife, maybe the Lord's rescued my wife and married me. I don't know. And then all of a sudden we, we, we go to court and, and uh, listen carefully. This is what happens. My, the district attorney, the defendant goes and, and stops the whole courtroom. Took me, takes me to another courtroom while the mind's going on. Took me out, took me to another courtroom and talks to another judge and says, hey, one judge, you know, they want to give him nine years over here times two. What would you do for him over here? Okay, we'll give him three years. He goes, no, not three years. We'll give him one year. Okay, one year. Take one year. Give me one year. Just take the one year. Just do it. From one from nine, let's, you know, let's do this. Get me out of trouble. And, and she says, no, she says, how about 90 days? And I was like, she says, okay, I go, take the 90 days. Let's get me out of trouble. Let's do this. So I come back, they give me 90 days. I only do 42 days. God got me out of trouble. Where else do they want to get married? You can tell I still got married. Hello, somebody. Cleared up all my tickets, cleared everything up. But we get ourselves into some trouble, guys. And that's just a simple one. I'm not going to give you some deep stuff because I know someone's got itself in some deep trouble. Financial trouble. Marital trouble. You can put your foot in your mouth, husband, wife. Trouble. Someone say trouble. 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 Teenagers, you've you, you done something you shouldn't have did. Trouble. I, I mean, I, I can go on for years with trouble. Amen. <laughs> See, the Lord, the, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, church. Someone say the Lord. The Lord, God, the Lord, my God, man, saved him out of all his trouble. And that's what we need to understand, that God cares. God cares. Even though we make mistakes, even though things happen, God cares. And David is saying, giving your life to God is worth the challenge. Come on, somebody. It's worth the challenge. The benefits is he's going to help you in the times of fears, the things you face. He's going to help you in the times of troubles, the times that things happen, the mistakes you make, the, the things that go wrong. Church, not only that... He's also going to do this, church. The Lord had delivered him in the times of danger. Someone say danger. You look, look at verse 7. Look at verse 7 really quick if you can. Verse 7. 
The angel of the Lord encamped all around those who fear him and delivers them. Wow. Listen carefully, listen, listen carefully to this. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. David discovered that he was not alone. Some say not alone. He's not alone. You're not alone. I'm not alone. The Bible says he sent us the Holy Spirit. But not only that, there's angels. Do you know there's certain angels that are, that, that, that are, that are to, to watch out for us? Amen. And we need to understand that in the times of danger that, that we know that God has angels there for us. And we need to know, we need to know this today. And, and, and that very simple thing, I want you guys to know this today, is that dangers arise. Meanwhile, when our wife, we got in an accident, we, we, were, we were driving down the freeway. Uh, we, we, we threw up in the air, we flew up in the air. Now listen to what I'm telling you, we flew up in the air. We slid about 100 feet forward. The car turned sideways. We kicked on sliding. And right when we hit the curb, we should have flipped. But the, the car just went this, whoop, boom, just like that. And we just slid down like another, another 15, 20 feet. And then we, 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 we sunk all the way down. And they told us that was like the seventh car, but the other cars that flipped. See, I'm telling you, God protects us. Come on, God protects us out of danger. God protects us out of danger. And David said, man, God protected me out of danger. He asked the God that we serve that protects we serve a God that cares. We serve a God that we serve a God that loves us. Amen. And David's challenge is look at if we're going to have these benefits, if we're going to have these benefits, we need to give our life to God. We need to serve God. We need to live for God. We need to get, do our all that we can for God because if we don't, we're going to find ourselves, amen, uh, coming to God, now living for Him and listen carefully. And then we're saying, God, where are you? And God said, Well, where are you? Where are you? Where are you at? Amen. We need to understand that, that it's not a one-way thing. It's a two-way street. God says, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. It's very important to understand, amen, that, 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 that faith without works is what? Dead. People say, well, I got faith, but why don't you put something behind that faith? That's the thing that we need to understand that a lot of times people come to God and say, God, well, where were you at? You didn't show up. You weren't here for me. I was always afraid. I was always in trouble. And I was always in danger. He goes, but what's really happening? Where, where was your faith? Where was your trust? Where were, did you seek me? Did you cry out to me? Did you, did you try to get a hold of me? Did you run after me? See, this is the thing that we need to understand, church, that God loves us and he cares for us, but we need to do our part. Come on, somebody, amen. We need to do our part. Amen. Church, David's seen the challenge, and he says these words in verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He said, if you're eating of this, and if you're tasting this, you can understand the benefits of it. Now look at the second part of that. He says, blessed is the man who trusts in what? Him. He calls the man blessed who trusts in him because you trusted in God. I call myself blessed. Why? Not because I'm saved. Not because I come to church. Not because I'm a pastor. I don't call myself blessed. I call myself blessed because why? Because I'm being an example. I'm trusting God. I'm doing everything that I need to do for God. That's why I call myself blessed. Not simply because I have a title when I come to church. The devil comes to church. 
having his boyfriend. Hello, somebody. The reality, church, is this. Am I going to finish this year off still being wishy-washy, half-stepping, criticizing, always pointing at others and trying to take out the, the splinter out of people's eyes but never taking the log out of our eyes. Stuck. Individual. I don't know about you, I refuse to. Come on, I, I refuse to. I refuse to say that. I refuse to say stuff because I, I'm gonna, when, I, when I taste from God, oh God, oh man, oh, oh your mercy, your grace. Oh God, oh my Lord, oh my God, your forgiveness. God, oh man, you, you, oh, you care for me. Oh my Lord, when you taste, when you really have taste in God, when you have really tasted God, you ain't settling for bunk. Let that sit for a second. Some of you that, that uh, where you should be dope fiends, some of you, not all of you, just some of you, when you got some bunk stuff, you know it was bunk. You know, I ain't going back there no more. Oh, I got, I got burnt. You know, but we come to the house of God and we taste how great God is and then down the line as years pass by, we stop and we're just taking bunk stuff and living off bunk. And we don't see the benefits of it. We don't see the benefits of it. We don't see growth. We don't see change. We're as bunk as a bunk that we're taking. And we say we're a child of God. We say we're blessed. We say, oh, I love Jesus. I don't know what God you love, but it's the same one I love. Because when we love God, the real God, the genuine God, we're always progressing to get better. Come on, somebody. We're always progressing to get better and get better and get better. The scripture talks about seven times worse. Some people get saved and they, they, they get saved and because they don't taste and see how good God is, they get worse. They're in the house of God and they're worse off than when they were when they first got saved. I've seen it. I've seen it over, over and over again. Church, I'm letting you know today, don't you dare stay stuck. Don't you dare finish the year off stuck in that bunk stuff. I think it's time that the church will rise up to a different level. Come on, so the church will rise up to a different level. The church will begin to stand out, not because of anything else, but because of the holiness and godliness that we contain as a church, as a body, as believers. Church, when the shepherd is looking at his sheep, he knows what he needs to do. He knows which one needs to get a haircut, which one needs to get the flea off them. He's not the shepherd for no reason. He's a shepherd for a reason. He knows which one is infested with fleas. They're his sheep. He knows which ones can see through their eyes. So he has to put some oil so they can begin to let the flies go away. Why some need to get, cut the hair off? Because they're weighing too much on them. And some of their horns are all over sideways. That's why he's a shepherd. That's why he does what he does. 
And I was putting this together. I was like, man, I said, Lord, why? God said, well, let it happen. I said, okay, let it go. Because the reality is this, church. Reason why we deal with our kids the way we do is because we want them to become better and greater. Come on, somebody. And the reason why God deals with us is because he wants us to become bigger, greater, and mightier. I want to finish with this. It says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Wow, man. The Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is what? Fear the Lord. The smartest thing to do, guys, is to fear God. Not in the fear of, oh my God, he's going to kill me. On the fear of reverence and respect. Where when you're going to do something wrong, you're thinking about God, I don't want to offend him. I don't want to hurt him. Come on, somebody. I, 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 we got to come to that place. We got to come to that place. Richard, come up here, Richard. Come up here, Richard. Because I, I want to take the time right now. I want you to empty yourself out. I really didn't want to preach it, but I want you to empty yourself out. Some of you have been holding on to some stuff. You need to empty some stuff out. Some of you can't get filled because you haven't emptied yourself out. See, this, this, this bottle right here, this bottle is tapped out. This bottle is tapped out. Nothing can, nothing, nothing can come inside this bottle. But something can come out of it. it look at it. It's all the way to the top. Look at, that, look, at that, look at that. Look at that. And it's hearing sermons after sermons, but it's not, it's not letting go of nothing. And nothing's going in. Come, come. Oh, yeah. You thought it was going to be something good. It could be something bad. Listen. God's trying to fill you up, but you can't because there's a lot of stuff in you. And it's not the word. It's a lot of hurt and pain. It's a lot of, I know, I know. I know. And God said, I'm trying to get you better. And then you want to compare and you can't, don't even get close to compare because if you want to compare, let's go outside, we'll compare all day long. But the proof is in the fruit. Show me your fruit. The proof is not in our walk. Oh, praise God, hallelujah, how we pray. How we, that's not fruit. That's outward expressions. We've been, we've been so messed up that we think lifting our hands up and praying is fruit. That ain't fruit. Fruit is the peace in your house. Fruit is the peace in your marriage. Fruit is the peace with your children. Fruit, fruit is growth in your house. Fruit is growth in your ministry. That's fruit. We need to empty ourselves out, church, if we're going to go any further. We need to empty ourselves out. Because fears are going to come, troubles are going to come, and danger is going to come. We're going to be face some stuff if you have not already faced it. Some are going to come. They're going to come in waves. But if you're not full of it, then what can I say? You're full of it. Because we're going to be full of something. And I've been, and I've been full of self-righteousness before. I've been full of pride before. I've been full of all the junk. And God told me, Angie, pour yourself out. I said, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. That experience that I had, I had it three times in my life. The first one, and, and about five, six years later, I, again, I felt, I felt before God cried, I cried, and I poured myself out. The third time was right before I got sent out to pastor. Everything that I've ever learned, everything that I was ever talked to, everything that I was ever preached to, 
everything that I ever heard, I'll never forget. I was in my office. I was the home director. I was in the office. And I started praying. And I just felt this overcoming. I started crying, pouring out. And everything that my pastor over preached, ever told me, just came like a movie to me. I said, oh, that's what you mean, pastor. I finally got it. Because I was pouring myself out at the same time. And God was pouring something in me. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you. That experience is, 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 is worth there's no value on that because in that itself you get yourself to go to a different level a different place I want you to all stand with me tonight church I want you to all stand with me tonight I want to challenge you tonight find a place at this altar pour yourself out you want to pour yourself pour yourself out come on come on the altars are open come pour yourself out at the altar come say God here I am here I am Pour everything out, everything out, everything out, everything out, everything. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pour yourself out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we come before you, God. We pour ourselves out, oh God. Hida la maranda marende. Shara la maranda maranda. Hida la marende mosete. Hida la mosete marende. Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, hala la maranda. Shete la maranda mosete. Jesus, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Hala la maranda la maranda morende. Shida la maranda. Come on, church. Come on, come on. Begin to speak in your heavy language. 